Welcome to Benin City Podcast, where we strive to bring you truth for your transformation. Grab your notepad and pen as we lean into this week's message. I'm excited to, to see what God does with this word. Um, I'm the type of person, if you know me, I'm, I'm very organized. So if I know that something's coming up, I will take my time and I will literally prepare. But for this word, it was like, and probably it was because I was going and because I was leaving. So I had some sort of resistance to actually face the fact that this is my last service here. So I tried to do everything to just not stay still. But I have a word for you, Panim City. The title of my message is A Church of His Word. Who's excited? Amen. A Church of His Word. The one thing I have always said about prophetic words is that they must provoke action. It can either be a spiritual action, for example, incubating the word in prayer um, or fasting or reading the word to get a greater understanding of the word that has just been released. Or it can be practical action. So this can be new strategies coming forth, new ideas, but always pray first before you implement new strategies. We know that, right? Amen. So a prophetic word must provoke action. So if this word this afternoon causes you to increase your tenacity in a place of prayer, this house, this vision, uh, the community, let's do it. If this word causes you to birth new ideas or for the community or for the church, let's do it. Let's go for it because then this word has done its purpose. Amen. The Bible says, let those who have ears hear in Matthew eleven fifteen, The word hear in this verse means to perceive and to understand. So it's my prayer that you take everything in that I am saying and you hear the words and move from a place of understanding and not from a place of ignorance. I say this because now everything that this church does and everything that the leaders do the members, the houses, whoever it is, must be done from a place of understanding. And when I say understanding, I mean understanding, one, the vision of this house, and then two, the purpose of this house. So I'm going to say that again. So let everything that this church does be done from a place of, one, understanding the vision of this house, and then two, understanding the purpose of this house. And before someone comes and says, oh, but what about Jesus? Shouldn't Jesus be the foundation of everything that we do here? Yes, Jesus is the foundation of absolutely everything that we do here. But God gave this house a vision and a purpose to fulfill, which is connected to Jesus. When fulfilling the purpose and the vision of this house, you are revealing the heart, the character, the mind of Jesus through fulfilling the very thing that God gave you. The vision and the purpose of this church came from God. And his word says that we have now been given the ministry of reconciliation. So if you're not fulfilling the vision and you're not fulfilling the purpose through this house, who's getting to know Jesus through what you do? And don't misquote me, please. um, Because outside of this church, you can still fulfill the purpose and the vision for your own personal lives. But even even for your own life, It is God's intention and God's plan to ensure that his creation reveals him through everything that they do. Amen. 
<laughs> so if you aren't doing it or revealing God through your deeds, your actions, through your vision, purpose, how is the community supposed to know about this God that we serve? If you, are, if you as a house cannot fulfill what God has said through seeing the purpose or the vision fulfilled, you have one, you haven't taken his word seriously, and then two, you have failed to reveal Jesus to a community. Am I making sense? Yeah. So I'm going to remind you all of the vision of this house, and then I'm going to remind you all the purpose. But if we go back to hidden to be revealed, I'm a very interactive person. I like communication. I want you all to tell me what the vision of this house is. I, I'm, a, I'm aware that we don't have, we have newcomers in this house, so don't worry. Don't worry about it. But for people who are members of this house, can you tell me the vision for this house? I'm going to go to EFWA. What is the vision, the acronym? Yes, what does MAP stand for? Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's get prayer for everyone. She did well, she did well. She did well. <laughs> and then, so the vision of the house, or the, yeah, the vision of the house map, which stands for multicultural, multi-generational, ages of transformation, prayer presence, and sound culture. The purpose of this church, let's go to Pastor Joy. What is the purpose of this church? Amen, amen. So if you didn't know, that is what we stand for at New City, community transformation. Through the vision and the purpose, his son Jesus has to be revealed. So I believe my assignment for this afternoon is just to remind you all of the why and to remind you of God's intended plan for this church. I say this because in the midst of doing church, it can become very easy to just do out of religion or routine. And because this is what church should look like, or this is what I've seen in church, this is what I've seen church being done before. I've been to this church. This is how we do things there. Once you begin to operate like that, you are now doing, you're doing it and you're ne you've neglected the very reason for your existence as a church community. So, as I said, I'm aware that we have some new people joining us uh, for the very first time. Um, just follow me, because wherever you go or whatever you do in your life, there is a reason as to why you are placed in your workplace, in your family, um, in, in the church that you may attend. It's just about finding the why, and every step that you take is about navigating to that reason. So, I'll say it now, and... Um, this might, um, might come across really blunt, um, but I have to say it because of what I'm talking about or what we're exploring today. I want everyone in this house to see the vision or to see the purpose as their own, but also to understand that this thing that we are doing at Panim City in relation to community, in relation to Feltham, in relation to its people is not a joke. We've heard it so many times, but I have to make you all understand that it's not something that we just do. It's not something that we all just woke up one day and said, okay, I'm going to come to this church called Panim City. Whatever reason God brought you here, that's why he brought you here. There's a particular assignment that God needs you to do here, right? Take it how it is. I don't believe that this is for fun. I don't believe that God has just 
caused us all here just to be excited for no reason. There is an assignment that we have to fulfill and there's a purpose that is attached to this vision. You know what I love about God is that God will always raise up people amongst the very people he is trying to deliver. So we see it in the book of the book of Exodus. Moses was a Hebrew and we called and they called to, they called to him to deliver fair enough. We called to, they called to him to deliver him. I mean they called they called out for God to deliver him deliver them. We see it amongst Jesus. Scripture, scripture says that Jesus became sin. He took on human likeness in order to save our souls. You also see it in the book of Ezekiel. God told this man to act out so many weird things to represent their current situation. But by God doing this, it enabled them to know exactly what to do in that next situation. Panim City, there is a requirement for you to become and know the people that God has called you to. I said it in my vision for this house when we did um, leadership meetings. Um, I believe it for the overall purpose of this church, and I believe that we will see it here. I believe that one thing that God wants to do in this house is to literally bridge the gap between the secular world and the church. We know that the church and the secular society was not supposed to be separate. It wasn't supposed to be separate. And I believe with community transformation and all the things that God is calling this house to do, that God is trying to bring together people from the secular world, people from the church to literally bridge that gap, that gap between them. Does that make sense? And I believe that this has to start here in this house. So the main text um, that I want us to focus on is from the book of Ezekiel. Everyone say, ooh, we're going to the Old Testament. <laughs> we're going to start from the third chapter. It's quite a long read. So Ezekiel 3, verse 1 to 10. And I'll read. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. Verse 2, so I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Verse 3, then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, son of man, go now and to the people of Israel, speak my words to them. Keyword, speak my words to them. Verse 5, you are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not to many pe peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. Verse 9. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or, by, or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. Verse 10. And he said to me, son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Amen. Amen. So let me provide you all with some context so many years ago there was the Babylonian exile 
where many people, specifically the Jews, were taken into exile by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the reason this happened is, unfortunately, the Israelites, um, the Israelites were a very rebellious people, as we know. We see it in the book of Exodus. Um, and they complained, they complained. And even though they had seen the hand of God in so many different ways um, and how God had saved them from the Egyptians, they still rebelled. Uh, they still complained. Uh, they still worshipped false gods and they still built idols. But God knew that they were going to turn away from the covenant, the covenant that he had originally made with them. The prophets also knew what the Israelites were going to do. And they also pre-warned the Israelites before the exile even took place. We see in the last chapters of Deuteronomy, God tells Moses to tell the people that this exile is about to take place because once again, they have rebelled against me or against God and that they have, they have broken the covenant that they had made with him. God said to them that they will be my people and I will be their God, but that covenant was broken. So they were taken into exile, unfortunately, um, because of their rebellion and because of breaking the covenant that God had originally made to them, with them. So Prophet Ezekiel was sitting by a lake on his birthday. Apparently it was his 30th birthday. And he has a vision. Long story short, God commissions him as a prophet and gives him a certain set of instructions that he has to follow through with. So from these verses, I want us to pay attention to one, how Ezekiel moved on what he had heard and how he literally lived out everything that he heard to restore the community of God, the community back to God. First, we're looking at what to do when God has spoken to you concerning a people. God has spoken to you concerning a, a community and then what actions you should take as a church. So we're going to start from... I think it's verse three. It says, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. I have read the book of Ezekiel once, I think, but I, I'm the type of person when it comes to things or messages or text, I skim. I skim, I skim, um, and it's only until certain things pop out to me. And this verse popped out to me whilst I was preparing for this message. Um, he says, God, he says, son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. This is a very weird thing for God to say. And frankly, it was probably quite disturbing and gross um, because basically he was eating paper. Has anyone ever eaten paper before? Yeah. Yeah, it's a normal thing to do as a child. I ate paper. I stopped eating paper when somebody told me what it was made out from, but that's a story for another day. Anyway, the first thing Ezekiel had to do was to eat what God was saying and then go. The Bible says in John 6, 63, this word I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. And I, I remember our sister Adana brought this up in, in, in prayer hub. No, what's it called again? Small groups. And she said that when God speaks to you, it has to strengthen you and basically give you life. So whatever God said to Ezekiel, it was for the benefit of the, the Israelites. It was life-giving to them. Secondly, God said to him, son of man, eat this scroll until you become full. Meaning, eat 
until you are convicted, until you are satisfied, until you are completed with the words that I have spoken to you. You must eat the word that God has given to you before you speak or action it. So let's contextualize it because, as I said, who's eating paper? I'm not telling you to go eat your Bibles. I'm not telling you to go and eat the church's constitution. I'm not telling you to print it out. What I'm telling you to do is to literally, when he says eat the word, he is basically saying ponder on the word, pray about the word, meditate on the word that he is. I'm talking about the, the spoken word of God here. So whatever God has said to you, ponder on it, sit on it, don't do anything yet. Once God, once you have understood it for yourself, then move. In verse 10, God repeats himself and he says, listen carefully and take heart all the words I speak to you. Other translations say, let all my words sink deep into your heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. So the instruction was to take in everything first. Don't do. Don't action. Take in what God has said first. Ponder on what he has said. Then speak. Then go. The requirement right now is not to go, Panim City. The requirement right now is not to go, but to listen to what God has said first. Take in everything. Then begin to implement the first thing that God said to Ezekiel was to eat his words, understand his words, because by him understanding what God was telling him about the Israelites allowed Ezekiel to be more intentional with what, what he did next. Understanding what God has spoken to you enables you to move in a place of intentionality. It enables you to live out the spoken word of God. Because you have understood it for yourself. You have pondered on it. You have sat on it. You have incubated it in prayer. You have digested it. You have become so convicted in the word that God has said. And then you can move on it because you believe it for yourself. Point number two. The second thing I want to touch on from this scripture is how being intentional in what we do as a church and engaging in things such as prayer hubs, small groups, um, connect events, prayer lines, um, is building on purpose, it's adding to it, it's building on what got the, the vision and the purpose that God has given to us as a church. So let me explain it, and then I'll bring scripture in, into it. So everyone in the Bible, I believe, once, <laughs> once, once they received an instruction from God concerning a plan, a vision, or something that God had called them to do, made sure that everything that they did was linked to the purpose or added to the purpose. So they were intentional with the necessary steps that they had to take to ensure the fulfillment of that very thing. Let's read Hebrews, Hebrews 1, chapter, no, Hebrews 1, verse 1. I like the Passion Translation. It explains it um, better. Hebrews 1, verse 1 says, Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. So the latter was the bit that I wanted us to focus on. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. 
so when God tells us that our purpose is community transformation, everything that we do as a church, everything that we do has to lead to community transformation. The actions that we take now must be intentional because everything that God spoke was building upon the overall purpose of this house, leading to the bigger picture, leading to seeing a community transformed. So let me explain it like this. So the, the, the verse that we just read, Hebrews 1, it says that God spoke through the prophets, right? Now he speaks through his son. But back then when he was speaking to the prophets, we have Ezekiel, we have Isaiah, we have Jeremiah, we have Hosea, we have Nehemiah, we have John the Baptist. We have all these prophets and they're basically speaking a section of what God was revealing, which was Jesus. The very thing that God was revealing was the fragment from these prophets. So Jeremiah spoke one thing. Isaiah spoke one thing, Hosea spoke one thing, but it all, led to, it all led to the bigger picture of Jesus being revealed. And that is the bigger picture that I'm talking about in relation to this house. So in relation to us doing things for prayer hubs, in relation to us doing things that, for um, community go, in relation to us doing things for small groups, it all has to lead to the bigger picture, which is our purpose, which is to see the community of Felton transformed. Is everyone following? Yeah. So now you must ask yourself, how is what I'm doing adding to what God has given this house? How do I navigate prayers to ensure that they add to what God has told this church? How do I ensure that I champion community transformation through everything that we do? What I'm trying to not make you guys do or what I'm trying to make you all see is that it's not just about serving it's not just about, okay, we go to church and we do this. There's a purpose by, behind everything that we do. It's not just about serving because we have to serve regardless. It's not just about serving because this is what we do on a Sunday. But it has to add to the overall vision. It has to add to the bigger picture of this church. Amen. Amen. I'm about to round off scene. So this brings me to the title of the sermon which is a church of his word. One thing I have continuously said about this church is that um, I know for certain, one way or another, that this house will see and achieve all that God has called for it to do and will see everything that God has intended for this church to do. I believe that there is such a peculiar grace um, upon this house to see everything come into fruition. Um, and for you all to be the people that God has called you to be and that God has spoken for you to be as well. But this is dependent on the two things that we've just spoken about. Your ability to believe in what he has spoken in relation to the community and then your ability to take intentional steps. I believe that these two things will cause you to do what God has called you to do. I say a church of his word, because in order for you to see a community transformed, you have to do what he has spoken. I don't want to see churches not fulfill the very thing that God has called them to do because they have not believed first. They have not ate. We spoke about eating what God has spoken I do not want to see churches not fulfill what God has not called them to do because one, they haven't believed in the vision or they haven't believed in the purpose of this house. He, I want everyone in this house to literally, we said it, 
embody everything in relation to purpose, embody everything in relation to, to vision. Panim City, God is calling you to be a church of his word. That is his with a capital H because we're referring to God, the one who has spoken in relation to this house. There's a reason why God said to Ezekiel, speak my words, not your words, my words, God's words. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. There's a reason why it's not your words or my words, and it's God's words. Because unfortunately, us as human beings or us as people, we're flawed. We, we can, the Bible says that God is a man to his word, Right? We are people that literally, we as individuals, sometimes we can't hold the very words that we speak. But because God has spoken, we have to be very intentional with his words and believe in what he has said. We must see a fulfillment because his words never fail. You must be a church of his words. You do what God has said. All God is needing is for people to speak his word and his agendas. There is a requirement on this house to be faithful to what God has said and to what God has spoken over this house. And to see a fulfillment of this, it will only come through believing and trusting what he has said. His words, his words, not our words, his words. The requirement for you is just to believe and to do. Scripture says that God is watching over his words to perform it. Your task as individuals and as people is to action his words. God will do the rest. However, if you aren't concerned with the purpose of this house, why should God allow you to see everything that he has in store for it? God will always fulfill what he has said. Don't worry about carrying everything yourself. Because God has said that he will ensure that he will see everything that he has declared and spoken. But there must be a people that is willing to act out everything that he has said. My final point before I close and we go into a place of prayer. Um, being a church of his word will often mean that people, especially the community, will not understand or as Ezekiel witness, they won't listen. In verse 7 to 8, God says, But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate, but I will make you a as unyielding and hardened as they are. Two things caught my attention about what God said here. Firstly, I love how God basically said, if you're going to speak to these people, you have to match them, that your character has to match them. God said, these people are hot-headed, so I'm going to make you hot-headed too. God said that they are unyielding and that they are stubborn about moving from their sin, but I am going to make you unyielding and stubborn about what I have told you, meaning that whatever they say to you will not phase you, will not push you, because I have made you how they are supposed to be towards me. This is your position, Panim City. The spoken word of God concerning this house has to convict you to a place that you are not moved about what people say. 
Secondly, the Bible says, because they are not willing to listen to me. I love how God knows his creation um, very well. We all should take, as I said, the vision um, as our own. We should all embody it 100%. But there's a reason why it's not our words that we have to action, but God's. Because we're emotional people. We'll take offense very, very quickly. But when people reject God, it feels like they've actually rejected us as well. Because our scripture says we're one with him. However, sometimes the reason why we're tired or there's not much happening is that we've moved away from what we're supposed to do, our part. We've moved away from doing what his word has said, what he has spoken. And now we've taken on responsibility to be God and to fight that we keep his promises, to fight that we see his word fulfilled. But God said that he will fulfill it regardless. We just have to action what he has spoken. You are not God. You cannot keep the promises that God has made because us as individuals will fail. As I said, unfortunately, we will fail. But God is looking for people to obey and to live out what he has said through purpose, through vision, through everything that he has said. But I love, just to close, I love how, or in this chapter, that God told Ezekiel exactly what to do. And he did it. I believe that what God is saying here is that you do your part in relation to action, his word. Do everything to fulfill and be intentional about his purpose, about what God has given you. But then to also, God will watch over everything that he has said. All he needs is people to, to obey, to believe, and to action everything that he has said. Instrumentalists, if you can begin to play. We're going to go into a place of prayer for this church, for the community, and then for our senior leader, Pastor Nee. So if we can all please stand. I'm going to read a few verses. We're going to begin with prayers over this house. Isaiah 46, verse 10. God says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Philippians 1, verse 6, it says, and I am certain of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Luke twenty-two forty-two. the latter part says, not my will be done, but yours. Zechariah 2 verse 5, it says, and I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be the glory within it. And the last verse, Matthew 16, 18, and it says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There is a plan and an assignment from the enemy to distract this church from purpose. But the plan of God this afternoon was to remind you of purpose that he gave to you. The first two verses I read remind us that God will fulfill what he said. Scripture says, as I said at the beginning, that he who promises faithful to do just what he has said. 
So the first prayer point is, God, help me to do what you have said. Position me to live out your spoken word for this house, for this church. The third verse that I read out in Luke, it says, not my will, but yours be done. The prayer point is, this is a threefold prayer. We're praying all of them at the same same time. The prayer point is, God, get rid of my own agenda and my emotions that hinder me from seeing your purpose, that hinder me from seeing your vision birthed in the community. Let your will from this church invade this room. The last two verses speaks about the God's protection over this house, that he will send Zechariah to verse 5 that he will be a wall of fire by God being a wall of fire he is symbolizing that anything that tries to enter that is not of God that he will consume it the last prayer point God sustain Matthew 16 18 God sustain this church build this church sustain your church Panim City begin to open up your mouths we're praying for the house of God here we're praying We're praying for the church. The first prayer point is for God, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. That everything that you have called for the community to do, everything that you have called for Felton, we're praying for the church. We're praying for the church. Open up your mouth, Panim City. This is the church that we're talking about. Pray for your church. Pray for your house. Jesus, build your church. 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 Sustain it. Sustain your church. Remove anything that hinders what you are doing in this place. Remove anything that hinders anything that you are doing in this place. Remove restriction. Remove restriction. Remove restriction. Remove restriction. Remove restriction. Build your church. Build your church. Build it. Sustain it. It says in his word that he will build his church on this rock. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That he will build his church on this rock. On this rock. On this rock. On this rock. He will build his church. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous person avail as much. We're not moving. We're not moving. Build your church. Build your church. Sustain. Come on, come on. What did I say? Reset it. Sustain your church. Sustain it. The gates of Hades will not overcome him. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The foundation of this church is Jesus. Come on, Maranasi. Revaranasi. Recabanasi. Revaranasi. Oh, Maranasi. Recabanayanaya. Reset. Recabanasi. Build your 
church. Sustain it, sustain it. Build it, build it. Hey, hey. Come on, as you pray for yourself, as you pray for the church, you're praying for yourself. As you pray for your church, you're praying for yourself. We make intercession on behalf of this church that this church shall fulfill everything that God has declared for it to fulfill, that we will see a harvest in this community. Build it, build it, build it. Build your church, Jesus. Sustain it, Jesus. We're going to go into prayers about the community of Felton. I'm taking us back to the things that have popped up in prayer concerning this house. There are not concerning this house, concerning the community, sorry. There are certain things that we've received and we prayed about. The, the prayer team and I, last year we did a prayer walk. And these are certain things that have popped up. There's poverty, there's lack of jobs for its members. These are things in which this city, this, this town is contending with right now. There's teenage pregnancy. There's a sense of underachievement. Instrumentalists keep playing for me. There's a generational cycle that has gripped the people to continue in a similar patterns. There's drug abuse. There's alcohol dependency. There's county lines. There's sexual trafficking. There's broken families. There's gambling addiction. There's probably more. I did not make these things up. I work in Felton. I hear so many different things, but this is the community that we want to change. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, I struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And we're declaring, Every veil be gone. Every veil be moved. Every veil of the unbelievers, let it be removed in the name of Jesus. That we pull down every stronghold. We pull down every stronghold. We pull down every stronghold that has manifested itself in this city. That the Bible says, the God of this age. Hey, come on, I said, hey, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Remove every veil. Remove the veil. Remove the veil. Remove it. Remove the veil. Remove it. 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 Oh, Kadeem City, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. This is the community God has called you to. Wake up, wake 
wake up, wake up. This is the community that God has called you to change. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Emarasete, resataya, emarasisete, resete karaye, resete, emarasaka marada suriyandere, resataka baaye, resete, resete, resete. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. This is the community we're talking about here. This is the community by the authority. Jesus has given to us. We speak against the lies of the enemy. We speak against what the enemy has declared over the city, over the community of Belton. We speak against him. We speak against him. Come on, Belton. Belton, Belton, Belton. Open up your gates. Receive the King of Glory. Open up your gates. Receive the King of Glory. Open up your gates. Open up your gates. Felt him. Open up your gates. Felt him. Open up your gates. Felt him. Receive the King of Glory. Felt him. Receive the King of Glory. Felt him. Receive the King of Glory. Eba satai. Iba na na say. Hey. Woo. Hey. Na 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 say. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, our banner shall be lifted upon this community. The banner of the Lord shall be lifted. The banner of the Lord shall be lifted. The banner of the Lord shall be lifted. The banner of the Lord shall be established. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah. Hey, hey, can I not say? Reset hey. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The prayers of a righteous person evade as much. Hey, 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 yeah, 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 Keep praying. The community shall see the glory of the Lord. This community shall see salvation. The community of Belton shall receive its king. The community of Belton shall receive its king. The community of Belton shall receive the king. The community of Belton shall receive its king. Our last prayer. We're praying for our senior leader, Pastor Nee. I'm going to read from Numbers 11, 10 to 6, 16. Pastor Nee, this is a word for you. Verse 10 says, Moses had the people of every, fa every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry 
and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their intercessors? I'm going to skip to verse 14. Moses says, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 Israel elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them, to the, have them come to the tent of meeting and they may stand there with you. This was a moment of absolute weakness for Moses. He generally wanted to admit defeat. The Lord says to you personally, whilst you carry the burden of this church and his community, the Lord will carry you. You say to God it's too much and that you can't do it. But God says, son, I am expanding your capacity. I am expanding your ability to lead not only a community, but also a generation. The Lord calls you a father to the fatherless. The Lord calls you a beacon to this community. That the Lord has placed restoration in your mouth. That every word that you speak is from the, the mouthpiece of God. That the Lord says uh, that I am strengthening your hands right now. That the Lord says that every garment of pain has been removed in the name of Jesus. I see the angel of the Lord literally removing a garment of shame upon you. That I declare the garment of praise upon you. Lift up your mouth, oh God. Lift them up. That this is your senior leader we are praying about. That this is your seat. I declare strength. I declare strength. I declare strength. I declare strength. I declare strength upon your servant. I declare strength upon your servant. I declare strength. That from his mouth shall be restoration. That from his mouth shall be reconciliation. That Lord, I declare strength over your oracle. I declare strength. Over your mouthpiece, I declare. Come up in this city. As you open up your mouth and intercede for your pastor, I declare the strength of the Lord to be upon you. But as you begin to intercede for him, strength, fill his bones, strengthen him. Come on. As you begin to pray, the words of your intercession strengthening the man of God but as you begin to pray the words from your very mouth are causing strength to go into his bones ah man I say hey I don't see the other day we can't say hey hey Messiah we declare the might we declare the counsel we declare the wisdom we declare the fear of God to be upon you that we declare that you shall walk into generations, that you shall walk into nations, and that you, oh God, shall bless the soul of his feet. That Lord, I declare that as the soul of his head, oh God, may you go before him. Pray for your leader. Pray for your leader. Pray for your leader. Pray for your leader. We 
declare strength in his mind. We take hold of anything that is uprooted itself against the knowledge of God. I speak sound mind over you that what the enemy thought he had, we nullify it in the name of Jesus. What the enemy tried to destroy, we nullify it in the name of Jesus. We cancel the assignment of the kingdom of darkness. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. men to surround him. An army of protection. That Lord, I pray that you, oh God, surround his walls with, oh God, protection. That no harm shall come. Near his dwelling in the name of Jesus. No harm shall come near his dwelling in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Keep praying. Ten more seconds. Let's go. Come on. Push. We're praying for your leader. We're praying for Pastor Lee. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. Hey. Hey, yes, I tell Reset, hey, hey, strengthen his bones, strengthen his mind, strengthen, oh God, remove, oh God, the words, oh God, of others that he has placed. I declare from this moment forth that he shall walk with all authority, that he shall walk with all power. That Lord, I declare that your counsel, your might, the fear of the Lord shall be upon your servants. Strength. But as you intercede, the strength is. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so the under the sea. We come on our souls high on the day. It come by in the day, so high in the day. Jesus we say thank you Lord we say thank you for your your servant we say thank you for Pastor Nee we say thank you for what you are doing in Panim City Church Lord I am honored and I am privileged to call this house my family and Lord I am grateful for everything that you have done Lord uphold your church, sustain it, build it in accordance to what you have said, oh God. That Lord, I pray, oh God, over, everybody lift up your hands. Lord, I declare strength, oh God, upon every single individual. That Lord, I pray, oh God, that they walk, oh God, in accordance to what you have said and what you have declared. That Lord, I pray, oh God, that as they, oh God, uphold, oh God, this vision, uphold, oh God, the purpose and everything that you have said, oh God, for your children in this house, oh God, that Lord, I pray, oh God, that you meet them, oh Lord, at the point of their needs, that Lord, I pray, oh God, that you strengthen, oh God, every ounce of weakness, oh God, I pray, oh God, that you shall fulfill, oh God, everything that you have declared over this house, oh Lord Jesus, that Lord, I pray, oh God, that Lord, as you said, oh God, in your word, that Lord, that you shall build this church, oh God, 
gates of Hades shall not overcome it. So Lord, we declare that you shall sustain this house in the name of Jesus. That you shall sustain this house in the name of Jesus. That Lord, we declare that Padim City shall be a church of your word. That Padim City shall be a church of your word. We declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen.